Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Hey, we're all looking to save, especially on medical bills, but where do you start? Now, unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings, well, it can seem impossible. HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and they flag errors like overbilling or wrong codes and fraud. And you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, saving starts with knowing where to look. Go to their website. It's healthlock.com today before you see any other healthcare provider. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. Okay, winter is on the way, and if you listen to this show, you know there's only one product that I absolutely rely on when I get a sore throat or a scratchy throat, and that's the delicious Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, it's the only throat drop that is ranked number one in throat coating action, number one. And I mean, you can literally feel it, that coating of your throat with their gum acacia, their plant glycerin, and of course, their delicious natural flavors. Now, they're amazing. My favorite is wild cherry and licorice. I also love the honey and licorice. Now, I've turned a lot of people onto Pine Brothers. You want to know the first three things that come out of their mouth? One, they're delicious. I can feel them coat my throat, and wow, they're soft, almost like a gummy bear. Yeah, I know they're soft. That's why they're called Pine Brothers Softish Throat Drops. Now, work with me, people. So this season, look, you're going to have some throat issues and do what I do to soothe my golden throat. I use Pine Brothers Throat Drops. You will love this product. It's worth every penny. You can find Pine Brothers at CBS, Select, Walmart, Target, ShopRite. Why? Because they are the best. All right, 21 hours, less than 21 hours, and we will have a new president of the United States of America Write down our toll-free telephone number We're in Washington, D.C. today, tomorrow, and for the better part of next week as well. Our number remains the same, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this extravaganza. Congressman Louis Gohmert stops by today. He's one of the people we can depend on that's going to stand and fight on principle. Also, Michelle Malkin is in town. We'll check in with her. And uh, her new series on CRTV.com is doing phenomenal. We're very proud and happy for her and the great one, Mark Levin, my buddy. Um, you know, this might be worth noting now that we have 65 whiny crybaby snowflake superstorm uh, congressmen and women that are not going to the inauguration. You know, last time it happened to this extent was 1860 and 1864. Now, if you I'm sure most of this audience understands that period of history. Lincoln's inauguration was boycotted by nearly all Southern representatives of Congress, who, by the way, were Democrats, which was the party of slavery. Just a side note, you know, historically, just like, you know, people like Al Gore's father, Robert KKK Byrd, Hillary Clinton's mentor, 
and a bunch of other Southern, J. William Fulbright segregationists. They weren't supporting the Civil Rights Act of 64, the Voting Rights Act of 65. Lyndon Johnson needed the Republican Party because these people were not there and available. But don't worry, they'll play the race card again and again and again. So this hasn't happened since 1860, 1864. Look, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean a thing. And these guys can whine and complain all they want. It, does, it doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you something. With the swearing in of Donald Trump tomorrow, all that means is we have qualified that we have been given an opportunity to serve and to fix the mess that Barack Hussein Obama has left us. That's all this is. They're going to be judged now on their results. Donald Trump's presidency will be judged on the results. It's not going to be judged on tweeting. It's not going to be judged on how many people show up at the inauguration or choose to boycott. None of that is going to impact anything at all. It's pretty incredible. Look, it's not Air Force One unless a president is on it. Whatever plane a president is on is Air Force One. But the physical plane itself was sent for Donald and Melania Trump earlier today. And you saw him get off in Washington uh, a little bit earlier. And he saluted and, and he's here. And that's good for the country. And frankly, I think it'll be good for the world as well. But what I mean by this is I don't think Republicans have a a strong enough moral compass. You know, just the little snide little stupid things that they have done in recent. Well, we don't think we're going to repeal Obamacare. We'll replace it sometime this year. And then Donald Trump had to step in. And then they wanted to sneak back in earmarks. And then. Donald Trump and others wanted to have to step in. Then they wanted to give ethics reform. And then Donald Trump had to step in. And just a bunch of really dumb, stupid moves, one right after another. And I'm thinking, man, you guys just don't get it. You know, all these establishment Republicans, I argue, they created Donald Trump. You make a promise to repeal, replace Obamacare. You do everything in your power to repeal or replace Obamacare. And if that means that you are going to use the the ever so important power of the purse, you use it. And then 2014, same thing. Remember, poor Ted Cruz dared to say we'll use the power of the purse. And he does a long filibuster and everyone hated and blamed him. Well, we're going to lose in 2014. Thanks, Ted. It's all Ted's fault. Ted took a stand. And he tried to shut the government down. How stupid is Ted Cruz? I was watching the show on HBO where Bill Maher does his show. I think it's a spinoff of some people that like him. It's a very left-wing magazine called magazine show called Vice. And I'm watching, and in the middle of this, they're interviewing John Boehner. And John Boehner, <laughs> they wanted to shut the government down. And I was never, I said, fine, we'll try it, you know. But I knew it wasn't going to work. But they never had the backbone or the spine or the courage or the vision that they needed. And I don't really think they have it now. I think the best thing the Republicans could do is just shut up and vote yes on the specific agenda items that Trump ran on, the Trump promises to drain the swamp, extremely vet refugees. Mitch McConnell needs to get use the nuclear option for an originalist on the Supreme Court because that battle's coming. It doesn't matter who Trump picks. He picks any originalist. They're going to be opposed So you just follow Harry Reid's lead on the appointment of judges, and that's just the way that's going to go down, period, end of sentence. You know, after that, when, you know, everything Trump tries to do, they're going to resist. These snowflakes are not going away. There's just more and more 
crazy intensity on their side. This, look, what they want to do they, is the same thing as what they did to George W. Bush. And they want to delegitimize Trump before he ever even got in office. And that's all they've been doing now for the last two months, really three months since the election. They can't handle that they lost. They can't believe that we, the people, are so stupid. And I'm going to tell you, there's, there's a part of this is directed right at us. They think they are superior. They think they are smarter. They think their view of government is superior. And they think we are a bunch of, you know, people that cling to our God, Bibles, guns, and religion, that we're irredeemable deplorables. You know, I'll give you another example of Congress being weak, because Trump really has three groups of enemies here, maybe more, but three major ones. He's got a Republican establishment that is going to turn on him. He's got a Democratic establishment that's already against him, hence the 65-plus and rising number of Democrats that won't go to the inauguration. Then he's got a media establishment that is hell-bent on destroying him, hence Golden Shower Gate. He's got entire news networks that have colluded with Hillary Clinton to prevent him from ever getting here. And they can't believe he won. And they're colluding apparently behind the scenes. Well, we've got to team up and we've got to have each other's back. You know, as I watch the breathless coverage of CNN, you know, basically sourcing what is the dossier and Golden Shower Gate and just saying, well... They gave him a two-page summary, but they, they couldn't verify anything, so it's news that they gave it to him. It's not news. It's fake news. That's basically all the media this whole election year has been fake news. Let me give you an example. This was an L.A. Times piece. As soon as he is inaugurated, Trump will move to clamp down on immigration. Oh, is that a good thing? Yeah, that's a promise he made. If Donald Trump wants to be a successful president, and I believe I don't think he's in anything to lose. I really just I don't see it. If he wants to be a successful president in four years when he's running for reelection, he better be able to say, I told you I was going to build the wall and I built the wall. In four years, Obamacare should be repealed and replaced. In four years, we should have an originalist on the Supreme Court. In four years, we should be light years ahead of where we are in terms of energy independence. In four years, we should have millions and millions of jobs created based on an economic plan that gets rid of burdensome regulation and incentivizes. By the way, I'm looking at Donald Trump now. If James would get out of the way, I'd actually be able to read it. He's at Blair House in Washington, and I think there is a wreath-laying ceremony at Arlington National Cemetery. There's a bunch of pomp and circumstance. I'll be honest. I, I would not be here but for work. It's not what I do. It's not how I roll. It's I get just as much watching this on TV. The crowds are massive. The You don't really get a great viewing area anyway, although I think they're putting up a lot of large screen TVs for people. I know people feel differently about these sorts of things, and they, it's a part of history for them. They want to be able to say they were there. I would never be at a ball in my life but for the fact that it's my job to bring it to you that are at home, so I will be at a ball. And I'll be wearing a tux. I will not be wearing a bow tie because Fox is making me. And not only am I doing 10 to 11, I'm doing a two-hour ball edition of the show. You ought to tune in for just entertainment purposes. And I can promise you, under no circumstances will I be dancing on that dance floor at that ball. End of sentence, period of end of sentence. I didn't dance at my own wedding, so let's be real. Anyway, so what, it, what it's going to come down, every single one of these agenda items, that is going to be whether, no, number one, he is a successful president. 
This is a bold agenda. This is a these are solemn promises that he made over and over again before massive, massive crowds of people that were invested from the get go in this election. And people want to see things change. They want the swamp drained. They want the VA fixed. They want our military ready to go. They don't really want to get embroiled in foreign conflicts. So whatever military effort we have, knowing the history of politicizing warfare, we better hit so hard, so fast, with such fury that nobody ever wants to mess with us. I think that's the answer there. Short of that, what he can do for Iraq, Afghanistan, the Middle East, radical Islamic terrorism, uh, do, how do we deal with ISIS and Russia and al-Qaeda? I mean, this world is a mess right now. But the key to success is just keeping your promises. And every day, if I was, if I was him I'd, or the people around him, I would recommend that, in fact, he just goes through his checklist. Well, this is what I said I was going to do. Let's do this today. Let's get this done today. And Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell, they ought to be given a copy of the list so every day they can remind themselves of what got them in power. Anyway, a moment Trump makes a surprise appearance at a D.C. hotel, huge cheers. He ditched the press just 36 hours before the inauguration. I love it. You know, you got to love He ditched the press. He ditched them. He got more fake news, by the way. I'll get to this later. New York Times attack on the Trump administration. In other news today, you've got uh, Mad Dog Mattis winning near unanimous approval from the United States Senate. And uh, so it was uh, on a vote of 26 to 1. The Republican-led panel, Senate Armed Services Committee, voted to approve Donald Trump's pick for defense secretary, clearing the way for Mad Dog to be confirmed shortly after the president is sworn in. Uh, one thing I'm watching, I don't think anybody else in the media is paying attention to. Do you know something? I saw one article on this in the New York Post today. And with hours ticking down, what, 21 hours now, less than 21 hours? We're headed to 20 hours left? Well, i got to tell you something. Think about this because he's sworn in at, at noon tomorrow. There's, there's a clock ticking. It's called the Hillary Clinton pardon clock. And this is going to be fascinating. She only has a few hours left to secure a pardon from Obama. And after that, they're taking her chances on what, whatever Donald Trump or, or the Justice Department or the FBI has in store, in store for her. In store for her. Um, you know, speaking of Congress, this was in the Hill. The Trump team is preparing for dramatic cuts. Sean Spicer, I was watching him. He said, yeah, our transition, by the way, we're really happy about it because we did it under budget and in record time. Trump always loves to say under budget record time, like he did with the Woolman Rink in Central Park. Staffers for the Trump transition team, they've been meeting with career staff at the White House ahead of the inauguration, outlined their plans for shrinking the federal bureaucracy. He wants to cut it by 10 percent or the, the workforce by 20 percent and spending by 10 percent. Could you imagine if we get rid of baseline budgeting and start at a 10 percent cut, how good that would be for the country? Anyway. We're in Washington, D.C. We're going to be here uh, today and tomorrow. You can uh, join us, 800 941 In studio, Congressman Louie Gomer, Michelle Malcolm will stop by. If you're ready to get out of the media spin room, you've come to the right place. This is the Sean Hannity Show.
know, some of you may be interested in this. Let me give you a quick rundown on what's going to happen tomorrow, which is inauguration day. It starts early, 8.30 in the morning. Uh, Donald Trump and uh, Mike Pence and their families will attend a church service at St. John's Episcopal Church near the White House. At 9.30, the Obamas host the Trumps at the White House for tea. Oh, would you like a spot of tea before we leave? Uh, before departing for the swearing-in ceremony. At 9.30 a.m., musical performances begin at the U.S. Capitol. At 11.30 a.m., you got opening remarks beginning at the U.S. Capitol. At noon, Donald Trump will be sworn in as the 45th president of the United States by the Supreme Court Justice John Roberts. I had this wrong yesterday. Uh, Clarence Thomas is swearing in Mike Pence. And shortly after noon, uh, the Obamas depart the Capitol. It's 20 and a half hours about from right now. The newly inaugurated president, vice president, attend the traditional luncheon at the Capitol with congressional leaders. Then you have the inaugural parade following Trump and Pence as they travel down Pennsylvania Avenue from the Capitol to the White House. A lot of groups that are performing at the parade. Then in the evening, and this is where I have to wear that stupid tux that they're making me wear, the Trumps and Pences will attend the three official inaugural balls, the Liberty Ball, the Freedom Ball, both held at the Walter E. Washington Convention Center, and the Salute of Our Armed Services Ball at the National Building Museum. I am slated to be broadcasting 10 p.m. to midnight at the Freedom Ball, in case any of you are interested, which is right next to the Liberty Ball. So if you don't have your balls straight, then I don't know what to tell you. You're going to have to figure out which inaugural ball you're going to. Um, so anyway, that's that's sort of the things. Now, I'm going to just say something. Do I think Donald Trump is going to be perfect? No. Do I want him to fulfill his promises? Yeah. Are we going to hold him accountable if he starts getting wishy-washy? Yeah. I think he's got a lot of great things that would make this country better. I agree with him in principle. I don't get thrills up my leg like other cable TV hosts. At some point, I, I've got to imagine you're going to get annoyed probably more with Congress than with Trump. But I just want you to think of one thing. If today was the eve of Hillary Clinton being sworn in as the 45th president, how would you be feeling? If at any time in the next four years you want to get mad at Donald Trump, you may just want to breathe in through the nose, out through the mouth, and say, at least it's not her. We'll take a quick break. Believe it or not, 20 and a half hours and the Obama nightmare ends. We'll continue from D.C. So like many of you, I used to suffer from insomnia no matter what I did. I just couldn't get a perfect night's sleep. Well, then I met Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. He got me fitted for my very own MyPillow, and it's changed my life. I fall asleep faster, I stay asleep longer, and now you can too. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-467-1962. Use the promo code Sean to take advantage of Mike's two-for-one offer. Now, MyPillow is made right here in the USA, has a 60-day unconditional money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. And by the way, you can even wash it and dry it. Just go to MyPillow.com or call 800-467-1962, promo code Sean, to get Mike's special two-for-one offer. From our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., less than 20 and a half hours, and the long, 
arduous, difficult eight years of Obama come to an end? What's coming up next is a wreath laying at the Tomb of the Unknown, Unknown Soldiers in honor of our nation's fallen soldiers. I see, let's see who's coming out there now. I think that's Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner and their daughter, Eric Trump and his wife, Lara, as Donald Trump uh, Jr. And, and his wife. And I think one of their kids is with them, two of their kids. I see his son is there, and I think his daughter is there. And so they are going to that ceremony as well. And I think you'll probably see a lot of this first family, extended family, in the, next, in the course of the next four years. I've got to imagine that. But anyway, that's going on right now. There is security around D.C. like I've really never seen it before, and I've been here many, many times before. And it makes traveling from point A to point B that much more difficult, but that shouldn't surprise anybody. Now, beyond the 65 congressmen and women Democrats, again, the last time there was a boycott of an inauguration with these numbers was back in uh, 1860 and 1864. That was Lincoln's inauguration, boycotted by nearly all Southern representatives of Congress. All Democrats, of course, the party of slavery then. It's like the same Democrats like Hillary Clinton's mentor, Robert K.K.K. Byrd, the former Klansman, and... uh, you know, J. William Fulbright. Now, here it is. Here's Melania Trump. I don't know if that's her. Is that her mother? I think that might be her mother. I'm not sure who's the other. Maybe it's her sister or something. I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know that part of the family. And so they're coming out, and the president-elect and, and Governor Mike Pence, I'm sure, will be coming out next. This is at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers. It's in honor of the nation's fallen soldiers. I won't go over the uh, inauguration schedule. It's available anywhere online. Anyway, on top of the 65 crybaby, whiny, you know, snowflakes that are in Congress that won't attend, well, it's even worse at our nation's universities. I mean, Campus Reform reported that a student group at Georgetown University, they're hosting a post-inauguration self-care event where students can enjoy a night of wee-waxation, recovery, and rest after this very emotionally brutal, tough inauguration week. GU Pride, the student group hosting the event, is calling on students to, quote, embrace their inner child and enjoy an evening, and I'm not making this up, full of Legos and stuffed animals and coloring books. Now, this Facebook event for the self-care night promises juice boxes for all as well. And just to think, 70, what, three years ago, young adults, their age, like our old friend Marty, Marty, were slamming the beaches of Normandy. Wow. Now we're, now we're down to coloring books and juice boxes and stuffed animals, Legos, Play-Doh, crayons, cocoa. It's just unbelievable to me. Cry rooms, pet therapy, little puppies, all the above. Um, so anyway, that's happening. We're waiting at, uh, this is at Arlington National Cemetery, by the way, where this other event is taking place. You know, it's funny. I went and I watched later last night the White House press corps having one final Obamagasm. There's Governor Mike Pence and Donald Trump now moving to lay the wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldiers as we speak. Anyway, White House press corps just, they couldn't help themselves showering Obama yesterday with fawning questions and In LGBT rights, we've seen a lot of achievements over the past uh, eight years. One reporter begins in a question. I'm like, really? Then crediting Obama with a list of accomplishments, he asks, where do you think uh, 
uh, BT writes will rank in terms of the accomplishments of your terrific legacy. Um, I can't wait. I can't wait for Donald Trump to start getting these questions. Thank you very much. Another reporter says before asking about the fate of Obama's immigration policies. Are you fearful the status of those dreamers, the status of those young immigrants and all the immigrants in this country with the new administration? Obama had just discussed the importance of a rigorous press and a free functioning democracy, saying he hasn't always enjoyed the stories the press corps writes, but enjoyed working with them. I mean, this was the most sycophantic press, and you see such a distinction with this and how they treat Donald Trump. Uh, There might be a future, though, for Hillary Clinton if she gets the pardon, which she might get in the final waning hours of the Obama administration, but as much as I'd like to see her fade into oblivion, it it might be kind of fun. I might support her if she runs against Comrade Bill de Blasio. I'm just because chilling to in a, Cedar Rapids. You know, Clinton, who has no, given no indication she's going to run for office again, won 49% of a hypothetical vote over Comrade de Blasio. I can't do that. i got to support Bo Deedle. He's my buddy. Bo for mayor. I support Bo. Um, Democrats didn't care, remember, about Obama's IRS scandal or the illegal server scandal or the fact that they both lied their way through the Benghazi scandal. None of that bothered the Democrats. Now they're getting a chance to grill all these Trump cabinet nominees. And now all of a sudden, Democrats appetite for scandal knows no bounds, none at all. And when they can't find a scandal, they make one up. I'll give you an example. Tom Price, congressman, the Health and Human Services secretary nominee of President-elect Trump. Investors Business Daily blew the whistle on the latest Democratic attempt to gin up more fake news. They published a bombshell story published on Tuesday titled First on CNN. Trump's pick invested in a company with then introduced a bill to help it. Said Price had bought as much as $15,000 worth of shares of Zimmer Biomet, which is a company that makes knee and hip replacements. Then the story goes on that he introduced the HIP Act which would have delayed an Obamacare regulation that would, if implemented, hurt Zimmer Biomet and other device makers. And, of course, the CNN reporter asserted, you know, this raises new concerns among ethics experts that Price may have inappropriately used insider information while purchasing shares in a company. When you look at at the timeline, this raises significant questions, said Aaron Burnett. Chuck Schumer responded to the CNN report with a call to Price's office in the the confirmation hearings. He said, let's call a delay until the Congressional Ethics Office does a thorough investigation. But the only significant questions CNN's story about Price raises have to do with CNN's credibility as a news source because CNN's story fell apart when you just make a cursory look at the facts. Now, first of all, Price didn't buy those shares. His portfolio was managed by Morgan Stanley, which designed the account's investment strategy and directed all the trades. He he didn't even know about it. As part of a routine rebalancing of Price's account in 2016, Morgan Stanley bought 26 shares in this particular company worth a grand total of $2,697. Well, serious money we're making here. Um... And Price's net worth, by the way, is about $10 million. Whoops, 2000 bucks. Wow, you got him. The timing of the transaction doesn't implicate Price in any way. Morgan Stanley bought the shares in mid-March. Price didn't 
uh, but didn't tell Price about the trade or any other's trade that it made in its rebalancing until April 4th. That was nearly two weeks after Price had already introduced the HIP Act. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Why let facts get in the way of a great CNN story? And then we got another fake news uh, New York Times attack on Trump. So they ran uh, their motto is supposed to be all the news that's fit to print. But these days, it's, you know, all the news we can fake, we print. And in another fake news attack the Trump administ- on the Trump administration, the main source for the Times hit piece for Trump's pick for energy secretary just went belly up. New York Times faced a backlash yesterday after its only source for a negative story on Texas Governor Rick Perry accused him of taking his remarks out of context. The Times reported that Perry accepted Donald Trump's nomination for Secretary of Energy, that he initially misunderstood what the job was. Perry gladly accepted, believing he was taking on the role as a global ambassador for the American oil and gas industry that he had long championed in his home state, they wrote, in the days after Perry discovered that he would be no such thing, that in fact, if confirmed by the Senate, he would become the steward of a vast national security complex he knew almost nothing about, caring for the most fearsome weapons on the planet, which is the United States' nuclear arsenal. The le- revelation led to much mockery from, of Perry from journalists and political opponents on Twitter, but others noticed that the sole source for the assertion was a quote from a former Trump transition official that wasn't quite as strong as the Times claimed. If you asked him on the first day, he said yes, he would have said, well, I want to be an advocate for energy. If you asked him now, he'd say, well, I'm serious about the challenges facing the nuclear complex. It's been a learning curve. Oh, so they got it wrong. You see how this works? All right, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, let's say hi to Kimberly in Scottsdale in Arizona. Kimberly, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hi. Great fan of yours for a long, long time, Sean. Love you to pieces. But I did just want to call in and say that people across the country are putting on uniforms and standing over hot baths of oil at fast food restaurants to do their jobs. So I think you kind of need to suck it up, tux it up, and enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, I have to tux it up? Yeah. Oh. I think you need to just. I heard suck it up, tux it up. I heard it. By the way, Linda just got in my ear. Did you say it on air or just to me? I just said it to you, but I'll say it to everybody because I think Kimberly has a lovely thing to say, which is suck it up and tux it up, boss. Listen, I'm sucking it up. I have to wear the tux. I've been told to wear the tux. Now, you know, there's a part of me, little rebellion that still exists even at my young age and, you know, wants to tell Fox I'm wearing jeans. I don't care what you say. But if I do that, then I got to get yelled at, and then I got to sit in the principal's office. And I've been through that my entire life. I think I got to get over being in the principal's office at some point. I'm wearing yeah, the tux, but I'm not wearing a bow tie. Embrace it. Just embrace it. You, you know, we've you've, you've shared with us the different jobs you've had to get where you are, and you had to do things. I'm sure in those jobs that weren't your favorite thing. But I think this is your job of the moment. It's a big moment in history. And I've heard you whine a lot now, and I think it's time to move on and just enjoy it. Uh, listen, I'm enjoying that it's not Hillary tomorrow. I feel a sense of, of relief. Thank God. All right, I'll, <laughs> I'll suck it up, I'll tux it up, and I'll, I'll, I'll do my job. But I'm... Ethan, are you saying this in my ear? I don't know if you're on air or not. That was on air. Same. This is on no, air, that, too. No, that was in your ear, but I said, did she just call you a snowflake? Hey, Ethan, I think you need to go back to your job of sucking up to Linda and and hiding behind Linda when you do everything wrong. OK, so because Linda's your great protector. 
Good. When did he get permission to turn on a microphone? I, I just we gave barely it to gave him. Linda permission. I barely. Jason at least is funny. You're not funny. Now yeah. I'm hurt. Now I'm hurt. You're gonna have to buy me a, do- a therapy dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure your widow feelings are hurt. Uh, Robin is in uh, Jonestown in Pennsylvania. Robin, how are you? Glad you called. Good. I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, appreciate everything you say and do. Keeps it real. <laughs> you know, I read a great article in the Federalist.com of Mo- Molly Hemingway really calling out Jim Acosta and the badgers that were waiting down in that lobby for Martin Luther King uh, Jr.'s son, who repeatedly tried to be courteous and just kind of push this crap aside that they kept, doesn't it cut to your core? There's no reporting. It's my opinion. I've never seen so many reporters show their underpants to us and just be so biased and ridiculous. They're not even attractive underpants. It's like disgusting old underpants the way it used to be. You know, it's like they're so old school. Let me play it for everybody to remind everyone. Mr. King, as you know, Representative Lewis still has the scars from the march on Selma. Were you offended by the president-elect's tweet that Representative Lewis is all talk and no action? First of all, I think that in the heat of emotion, a lot of things get said on both sides. Sir, do you know many many African Americans are very concerned about a Trump presidency? A woman came in here last week and told me he's going to have black people up against the wall, both literally and figuratively. Did he allay your concerns that he'll be a president for all people, black and white? Well, certainly he said that, that he is going to represent Americans. Sir, if I may follow up, isn't there something that just cuts to your core when you hear the president-elect refer to John Lewis as all talk and no action? I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. Isn't that right? John Lewis is not all talk and no action. No, absolutely. I would say John Lewis has demonstrated that he's action. From this day, what would your father's message be to President-elect Trump? What do you think your father's message would be to President-elect Trump? This is the final answer I'm going to have because I'm going to reiterate what I just said. I think my father would be very concerned about the fact that there are 50 or 60 million people living in poverty, and somehow we've got to create the climate for all boats to be lifted. There you have it. You know, it really is, I think a big focus of everything we do this year is going to be about a media that is so abusively biased. The new Sean Hannity Show. Talking about what's right for America. With a renewed commitment to keep you up to date on the breaking news stories. Coming up on 20 hours left in what is the long, horrific, never-ending Obama nightmare. And the 45th president of the United States of America will be sworn in tomorrow at noon, that being Donald J. Trump. Now, when we come back, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Are Republicans going to show some backbone, some strength? Will they support the president? Are they going to try and undermine him? And we'll check in with Louis Gohmert. He never backs away from a fight. Also, Michelle Malkin's going to stop by. We'll get her take on the inauguration. Of course, the never-ending snowflake snowstorm. Now 66 congressmen and women will not be attending the inauguration. But don't worry. We'll send them puppies and crayons and Legos.
All right, welcome back. Sean Hannity Show. We are in Washington. Donald J. Trump in, well, a little over 19 and a half hours will be the next president of the United States, the 45th president of the United States. We played at the start of this hour, uh, Congressman Louis Gohmert is our guest, a bunch of whiny snowflake liberals, your colleagues, some 65 of them, maybe more now, that are not going to the inauguration. What's up with that? Well, it is un-American. And I, I've mentioned to you, I think the most important scene depicted in the whole Capitol is George Washington, hand outstretched his resignation in his hand and included a prayer for the country. But anyway, he he there was an act passed December 27, 1776 that gave him full power to make any contract, do anything. He could have been king, emperor, anything. And yet when he did what he was asked, he comes in, okay, I've done what I've asked. Here's all the power back. It was the only time that in history someone could have been king, led a, a revolution, led the military, and then went home. Nobody would ever done that before. Have Cincinnati you talked to any close. of these people? I, I, I've talked to a few and say you really ought to come. But that was the reason I went to Barack Obama's inaugurals the last two times. I didn't vote for him. I didn't support him. I went to a State of the Union address of Barack Obama's. Oh, with yes, the, you did. Thanks to and your generosity, I got to was, sit in your, your seat. Well, I don't think you would call that generosity that night. It was torture <laughs> it was, for you. By the but, way, everybody in the, <laughs> in the row where I was sitting is looking over and saying, what is he doing here? Uh, yeah. yeah, but I go to those inaugurals. I have gone, and if Hillary had won, I would have gone, not because I didn't recognize the damage that they were doing and would do, but because I was a witness, I was a testimonial to the peaceful transition of power, whether I liked it or not. And when you have over a third of one party say, I'm refusing to go up, it is consistent with the first time in American history where one party prevented another from beginning debate and beginning a session. Let me ask you this. Well, we can't do that. that. That is so destructive to our peaceful transition of power. How do you feel about Trump's uh, cabinet picks? Are you happy with them? I am thrilled to death. There are a few of them I don't know, don't know well. Right. But then, but you know, he's even hired some of Ted Cruz's personal staff. I saw there, that. I know them. He is making some fantastic choices. I don't really know Mnuchin and uh, there's a couple others, but, but I am so thrilled. And Jeff Sessions will be such a great attorney general because he will be fair and impartial. He will be colorblind. He will follow the law. And that will be such a good change in the law. How are you doing? Because the last Speaker of the House did not treat you well. He was extremely rude, talking about Boehner. How's Paul Ryan treating you? Paul, he doesn't... have any revenge motives. And in fact, when, when Boehner was speaker, when to get bills passed that I knew were important, I'd get them drafted. I'd get them over to somebody else that was a chairman of a subcommittee or something, let them run with them. But Paul says, put your own name on there, you know, because we'll... It, and so I've been encouraged to get some in very quickly. We're going to do well together. All right, Louis Gorman, it's always an honor to see you. Thank you, uh, as always, for you, your Sean. time, your generosity, and, and the times you fill on this show for free, which is, you know, great for my company. They're always happy. Oh, Louis Gorman, is Louis available? Louis? He's free. No, I'm only teasing you. Uh, listen, I, wa- I wanted to pay you. I really did. And I you know, said no. You tried, but I, tried I can't it. accept it. I said, yeah. can I send you a gift? And they said, no. No, you can't. I can't even send yeah. you a gift. Yeah. All right. Louis but Gorman. you could send me, like Obama did to the Queen, give me a copy of uh, Obama's speeches, you know, on oh, iPhone. Yeah. yeah, that'd be you, great. You can burn them in the fireplace. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. We're in Washington. Only 19 and a half hours, awesome. and the long yeah. nightmare of Barack Hussein Obama ends. We'll have more coverage in your calls coming up next. All right, as we roll along, we're in Washington, D.C., and we are... Uh, covering uh, the inaugural, obviously, that's taking place tomorrow. There's 19 and a half hours about left in the Obama presidency, and we get the country hopefully headed back on track. So we'll be here for today, we'll be here for tomorrow, and we'll be here part of next week as well. 
And if you want to join the program, we always love hearing from you. 800-941-SEAN. Uh, Michelle Malkin will join us in studio coming up at the top of the hour for our News Roundup Information Overload Hour. Uh, all right, let's get to Tony is in Amarillo in Texas. Tony, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Welcome to our nation's capital, which is about to be rocked to its core. Sean, buddy, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great. You know, all Donald Trump has to do, and I, I wrote a monologue for tonight on TV, all he has to do is keep his promises. That's it. And it's easier said than done when you've got Republicans, Democrats, and the media wanting to run you out of town before you even get here. And I'm hoping that he just shoves his boot right up uh, the Republicans, uh, whatever, for passing that, trying to pass that, uh, what, whatever that was, that, uh, that budget bill. I'm not disagreeing at all. I mean, $9.7 trillion in spending increases. You know, they want to get rid of some ethics reform. There was a battle over bringing back earmarks. And I'm like, guys, did you not see what has happened in this country this election year? Did you not see what happened in 2014? Did you not learn from 2010? We don't want a watered-down version of everything that Obama is. And and some of these people never learn. That's not why they were elected, and they, they, they don't seem to get it. You know, but the most important thing, the reason I called, I, I understand you're needing some fashion advice for tomorrow. <laughs> I got more people telling me what to wear and not wear. I don't like wearing tuxedos. I don't. But I don't really have a choice in the matter. Well, I get you. You know, and here's the deal. You know, if, it, if it's just a traditional kind of a, a, a wing ding or a shindig, you just throw on a jacket and you're, you're good to go. But obviously you got a full-blown hootenanny going on here. And if yeah. they, want to, they, they want you to wear the monkey suit. Well, you do the monkey suit up top, then you go yeah. all business on the bottom. You wear the jeans and the cowboy boots that way. If anyone gets out of line, you kick them in the butt. Listen, I was told I've got to wear the full thing. And then I, then we had a fight over the tie. They wanted me to wear a bow tie. And I said, nah, look, nah, I'm nah. not wearing a bow tie. That's not happening. You, Sean, you, you already put those ladies on the view on way too much. You almost lose your man card over that. You wear that bow tie, <laughs> it's gone. Well, you're building walls around their vaginas, and uh, this is electile dysfunction, and women don't want to sleep with their, their husbands anymore because of the election results. I mean, you, you can't – that is such – that's such snowflake gold. You've got to run with it when you get it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair All right, enough. my friend. God bless you. I appreciate it. Uh, Jeannie is in Florida. Jeannie, hi. How are you? And welcome to Washington, D.C., Sin City, USA. Hi, Sean. How are you doing today? I just would like to make a real quick comment about the um, members of Congress who have not uh, decided not to show up. I want to say thank you to them, because now the real truth is coming out for the American people to see that the real problem is the Democratic Party, that they are the ones that are the haters, the ones that are the racist, the ones that disrespect the millions of voters that chose Donald Trump to run our country. And this is this what is it is. Uh, you that, see, I think that, that you I, David up. Limbaugh. David Limbaugh wrote a great column about this. There, this is a battle against conservatism, and it is a collective hissy fit by the establishment figures. They cannot believe how dumb we are that we didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. And this is this is their way of just throwing a little bit of a hissy fit. You know, as Donald Trump said in, in an interview on Fox and Friends, he said, great, can I have their tickets? Because there's so many people that do want to come. And I can tell you the the city of D.C. is really, it just, you know, there's a level of, 
you know, like a carnival atmosphere almost here at times. Well, the thing is, I thank you, Sean, for doing what you do every day because you truly are the voice for the American people, whether you realize that or not. And it is greatly appreciated by all of us who listen to you and watch your show. And we know that you've taken a lot of flack, but you've taken it for us. And that is greatly appreciated. You are very, very kind. I'm just going to say this. This election didn't happen without we, the people. It's... You know, a lot of people want to say, "Okay, my job's more public. I'm on radio. I'm on TV. Yeah, my neck's out there a little bit, but that's what I'm that's what I do. That's what I love to do. I'd like to believe born to do, because obviously it doesn't bother me when anybody says anything negative about me. So I have a pretty thick skin. But for this to have worked as well as it did, it took all of us. You need a lot of spokes and a wheel to get that wheel to circle round and round. And every one of you, when you see Donald J. Trump. Uh, get sworn in tomorrow by Chief Justice Roberts, but Clarence Thomas will be swearing in Vice President Mike Pence. You're gonna, you, you should all pat yourselves on the back and say we made this happen. And then to be honest, you know that's now we've qualified to govern. Now governance, I think, is going to be twice as hard. They're going to fight. They are going to scream on every single agenda item that Donald Trump wants to advance. This goes against everything they believe in, which is bigger government, more central control. They want the state to rule. And what we're saying here is we need more of a free market, an opportunity society, and get government out of our way. That's, you know, once he gets rid of those burdensome regulations, once he gets rid of these executive orders, you know, once you unleash the power of energy independence, once you unleash you know, lower taxes, incentivizing business to invest money and let them do their job, which is to create goods and services that we all want, need and desire and the world wants, needs and desires. And that's going to take the forgotten men and women that were spokes in the wheel like me and like you. And it's it's going to give us an opportunity anyway. Um, it's going to be great. It's all a big day. Anyway, I thank you. And uh, I thank you for your kind words as well. And I really do appreciate it. Let's go to uh, Bill is in Duluth in Minnesota. Can you imagine Minnesota now on the verge of going red? That's how desperate people are for jobs now. What's going on, uh, Bill? How are you? Hi, Sean. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Hey, I'd like to preface my call real quick. I'm a firefighter, and uh, we're about to start a live burn. So if I uh, hang up, uh, just so you know, I'm going to go fight a fire. Um, well, listen, I wanted God, to call but, and talk to well, you Well, thank quick. you for what you do. Go ahead. Uh, no problem. That's what I do. Um, I wanted to call real quick and just say, uh, I, I think, you know, now t- today's society, uh, I think that people don't necessarily uh, show their respect to our veterans. You know, all politics aside, I think that, you know, our veterans are a national treasure. And uh, I, I take time out of my day every time I see somebody in a Vietnam hat or, a, you know, Iraq vet hat to go and thank them. And I'd really like to encourage you and your listeners to do the same. I think that, um you know, with uh, today's snap judgment that uh, we can't we can't do that anymore. We have to treasure these guys. And I think that, you know, some of them are breaking down and uh, we have to lift them up. What I've heard is in the interim, while the VA is getting fixed, vets that need care, vets that have PTSD, vets that are in trouble, vets that have significant health issues, 
they're going to be taken care of almost from day one. I'm, I'm Just things that I'm hearing that they'll be able to go to hospitals if there's not the care, timely care available as we promised them at our VA institutions. And until we get it fixed, I think things are going to be expedited to help them, which, you know, that's a solemn vow and promise we made to them. And, yeah, you're right, 100 percent. You know, it's, well, it's pretty disgraceful. We treat VA. we treat the we treat terrorists at Gitmo better than we do better than we do our veterans. It's disgraceful. Well, I think, you know, if you look back, uh, World War II, when those guys came home, we threw them parades. You know, Vietnam, when they came home, those guys didn't even get a thank you. Iraq, some kind well, of the same deal. You know, and I, I think that um, just the average citizen coming up and saying thank you, you know, it brightens their day. And, you know, it shows the respect that our, our country needs to unify a little bit, even without politics. Just saying thank you to a vet. Clint Eastwood just came out with a new movie, and uh, in this movie, you know, it talks about veterans and fighting and war and conscientious objectors, and it's a pretty amazing movie. Hacksaw Ridge is what it's called, Hacksaw Ridge. Uh, yeah, that's pretty... the one about the army medic that uh, goes out yeah. in World War II without a gun, right? Yeah, and he does, and he's there in the middle of it, and he's fighting and saving his fellow men. And I don't want to give the whole story away, but it's, it's really, really well done, and it's based on a true story. Anyway, yeah, I appreciate yeah. your call. Thank you, my friend. God bless you. Uh, Tim, Arkansas, next Sean Hannity show. What's up, Tim? What's up, Tim? How are you? Tim, are you there? All right. Joy is in Cincinnati, Ohio, 55 KRC. Joy, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. It's a great day to be an American, isn't it? You know, it's really exciting here. <laughs> you know, I've mostly felt relief since the election. Now I'm kind of seeing the excitement part. But I'm just in the back of my head, I'm imagining, God, what would this day be like if Hillary had won? God help us. Oh, let's not go down that road. Just yeah, keep it on focus, focus on where you are and what's going to happen tomorrow. Yep. Well, it's going to be I interesting. Just, I want to hear. I have not gotten a preview in any way, shape, matter or form of the, the president's speech. I can't wait to hear it. Oh, it's going to be great. Hey, listen, I won't keep you. I just wanted to let you guys know I'm going to give a shout out to uh, from here in Cincinnati. We have 40 Cincinnati police officers coming out to D.C. to volunteer at the inauguration events. They're going to be on the parade route. And I just wanted to give them a big hello and a big thanks and a big virtual hug because we can't say enough thanks and uh, show our appreciation and gratitude enough for those men and women. Oh, that's really, really awesome of you. You know what our fr- uh, Lauren, who works on our show, does? Lauren brings in these dogs that she tries to change. Now, she's been successful, but the one she's working on now, Treat, is not doing so well so I've agreed to adopt Treat as the Sean Hannity Show official dog, and then we'll get another dog that we can train for the vets. How does that sound? That's fantastic. And I was listening I to the previous caller saying that people need to be more aware and um, say thanks and hi and give recognition to our vets. And I really echo those sentiments. I went on an honor flight last spring and um, with 73 vets and 73 guardians, and I flew out of Cincinnati, and we went to D.C. and um, World War II Memorial, Iwo Jima Memorial, Vietnam, Korean War. It was fantastic. And you just can't say enough thanks to all of our men and women in uniform. Amen. And you know what? We'll see many of them uh, out there tomorrow. I see many of them. Many of them on the streets here in D.C. All right, we got to take a break. News Roundup Information Overload. Our friend Michelle Malkin is going to join us right here in studio. And if you can believe it, we're about 19 hours away now. And the era of the disaster that was Barack Obama will come to an end and a new beginning for the country. Up next, our final Roundup and Information Overload Hour.
All right, back to our busy phones. I think Tim is back with us. Tim from Arkansas. Tim, how are you? Welcome to Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. Uh, thank you. Uh, I just had a, wanted to call you real quick and tell you I got a solution for your tuxedo problem. Oh, yeah? What's that? Uh, you need to get a denim tuxedo. Is there such a thing as a denim tuxedo? Oh, yeah. Everybody thinks they're real cute and smart and funny, and they're all right. And, well, why don't you get the blue thing that you used to wear when in, back in your day when you went to the prom? You ever see those ugly, hideous blue tuxedos that people used to wear? Oh, I wore one. You know, the funniest thing is I have two of them that I own that I didn't even know I own because Fox buys all those clothes for me. <laughs> and so I, I found them buried deep in a closet. The only good news is, you know, they actually fit. I was shocked. Oh, well, trust me, my old uniforms don't fit at all, so. Yeah, I'm trying to stay in shape, so maybe it was big and flabby on me the last time I wore it. All right, Tim, thank you, my friend. God bless you. Back to our phones. Uh, Melody is in uh, Florida. Melody, hi, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. Are you having a great day? Tomorrow it all turns around. Tomorrow we get an opportunity to change and shift the trajectory of our country. Thank God for the opportunity. No kidding. I I had the good fortune of meeting you several years ago at the Villages. Pam Bondi is my friend, and my husband and I were there for some rally you were at. I guess it was for Pam, and um, so I met you a few years ago. But I want to call about this today. Is My question is, I'm wondering how what I saw on YouTube that said it was you were speaking about yeah. the breaking news on the part one and two with James O'Keefe and the terrorist threat and so forth. I'm just wondering why we're not seeing that on Fox. You know, remember, Fox is a news organization. So we had the question that was brought up. Remember we had on yesterday Ryan Grimm and James O'Keefe. You remember that? See, I, didn't, part, I guess I missed that, but okay. Right. There was confusion within the media. These were two separate events, and there was a lot of conflation going on, and people thought that, that those tapes might have been the reverse sting on James O'Keefe, and it turns out that they were not. So the, until you get to corroborate and confirm certain things, there is a certain editorial control level that, that is way beyond my pay level, and uh, but you know on my my radio show I get to do what I want. But I mean the Huffington Post, I think the article was confusing, and I think it was well. And I'm not look to be honest. I think Grimm was actually Brian Grimm was pretty gracious yesterday, and he had said, and I take him at his word. I don't think he's lying to us that. He didn't even know about this particular operation that Project Veritas was involved in. And he was talking about something totally different. But the way media read it was they were conflating the fact that it had come out on the same day as Grimm's article that there might have been a counter sting and that this was connected to something else. Understandable confusion, to be honest. It's it's the type of thing that, you know, if you want to be a credible news organization, you have very high standards in terms of vetting. I get it. I understand it. But I think we solved that problem yesterday. All right, we got to take a quick break. We'll come back. Our news roundup, final hour now, if you can believe it, 19 hours to go. And we will have a new president of the United States of America. Noon tomorrow, Donald J. Trump will be sworn in. We'll have all the coverage right here and Hannity tonight, 10 Eastern. Where do you see where we're doing the show from tonight? You're going to love it. Everybody in the sound of my voice needs to flood into the street. Come out tomorrow in the thousand. Come out the day after that in the tens of thousands. Think about the ho more horrible horrors to come and then think about our responsibility to stop it. If you're here, spread the word on this. Have you noticed that your wife is disgusted by the sight of you lately? <laughs> <laughs> Lately? Would she rather get a root canal than see you naked? <laughs>
Well, you shouldn't have voted for Trump, okay? <laughs> One therapist calls it the Trump bedroom backlash because her clients have lost their sex drive since Trump won. <laughs> so here's my question. Is Trump causing electile dysfunction? <laughs> Remember, we talked about yeah. the fact that women after the election were going out in droves to get an IUD. Oh, yeah, that's Because right. they thought that their, their birth, control birth control would be taken away well, from Well, yeah, that. we're impacted uh, politically by this. Profoundly by But it. I think that the sex drive does die. And, you know, we are building a wall around our vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yeah. And you voted for that, schmuck? You voted for that? I'm not sleeping with you. Yeah. Yeah. One smart person said um, that they think that what's going to really happen is the Republicans are going to turn on him because he's against big business a lot, and they don't like that. And other things that he's doing, they're not going to be happy with him. And he has enemies in the Republican Party, mm -hmm. and Pence will eventually start doing the... Uh, the presidency. Oh, what do you yeah. think about that? I mean, it was just a guess. Watch your uterus. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Watch your uterus. Building walls around vaginas. Yeah, I, you can't make this up. It's all electile dysfunction. If you voted for that schmuck, I'm not sleeping with you. Anyway, glad you're with us. News Roundup Information Overload Hour here on the Sean Hannity Show. We're in Washington, D.C. for obvious reasons. In less than 18 hours, Donald Trump will be sworn in. As the 45th president of the United States, we are here for the festivities. And I even have a tuxedo with me, which Fox is making me wear tomorrow night at one of these silly balls, but which I wouldn't go to unless they made me and they're making me. So I have to go and I'm not wearing a bow tie because I hate bow ties. Michelle Malkin is laughing. How are you, Michelle? <laughs> you need a bolo tie. Uh, yeah, that by the would way, be awesome, wouldn't it? My friend Michelle, by the way, really proud of her. She's got a brand new series, which is Michelle uh, Malkin Investigates. It's on uh, the CRTV.com, CRTV. uh, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, where my buddy Levin is. Yes. And so it's an honor to have you. I, I don't get to see you. You know, I talked to you about this when you first started coming back on TV. You went through such a rough time. We did. You did. And, yeah. and your daughter's doing so much better. Yeah. You know, I've talked about the tattoo that she has. It says, per aspera ad astra. Are you through, getting one? Through adversity to the stars. No, I'm not getting a matching one, I Sean. No, I think, <laughs> I, I think we ought to do a Hannity online poll. Should Michelle get a matching tat? for her daughter who uh, has shown incredible perseverance well, under very yeah. difficult circumstances and I know Thank it's been you. a long haul and we missed you when you were in here. I really did. We've, we've become very close over the years. We're good friends. I love you and your family. I love, your, I love how powerful and strong your voice is. What do you make... We have the Women's March. Then there was a pro-life women's group that was going to march with the Women's March, in the Women's March. They were they were kicked out. And then you hear, like, the, the likes of Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg and uteruses and walls around vaginas. And yes. I, I don't even know what to make of this. Well, you know, the, the more that these women babble uh, and harangue other women who don't believe the same things they do and, and talk about their lady parts and, and birth control, really what they're creating is the next generation of pro-life Trump voters. That's so keep true. talking, women. Uh, although I have to say, I have an allergy to Joy Bihar's voice. <laughs> you really need a health warning before you play those clips, You know, John. I was going to go on. Jedediah Bila, who used to work with us at Fox, he yes. said, why don't you come on the show? I said, all right, I think I'll do it. And then Fox is like, no, you're not doing that show. Yeah. The last time I was on there, I got screamed at for an hour by Rosie. Yes. And I was on there for Culture of Corruption. Right. And I was not, my goal was to not let those women talk over me. Right. And it's always been um, my gripe with a lot of these establishment Republican types who let themselves be 
cowed by these women. And uh, I think we're in for a sea change culturally and in Hollywood because more and more women who would otherwise have tolerated all of, of the contempt that these women have for them, they're switching the channel. They're not watching it anymore. And I think there's a, going to be a, a huge sea change in how ordinary women stand up to these elites. You know, does anybody listen, like, for example, the president made a deal with Iran. Mm-hmm. We still import oil from Saudi Arabia because yes. even though we have more oil, more energy, more natural gas than we could ever use in, in 200 plus years. But we're not energy independent. Mm-hmm. They manipulate the price of energy in the marketplace to put out of business those people that are fracking and, and getting shale oil and natural gas. So they've been manipulating the markets. But this president's friends with them. How, does, how do you ignore Hillary Clinton? accepting money from a country like Saudi Arabia, women can't drive, women told how to dress, women told if they can go to school or work, uh, they persecute Christians and Jews, you can't even build a temple or a church, and they kill gays and lesbians. Yes. And it's conservatives like me saying, we need to stand up for women, We, you can't kill gays and lesbians, leave them alone, it's none of your business. Yes. And it's conservatives like me that are saying, uh, hello, I believe in freedom of religion, and they take money from these people. Yeah, that's right. Or look at the the organizers of this left-wing progressive women's march who are uh, in bed essentially with some of these terror-coddling groups, as you say, who are the most anti-women on the planet. I mean, you want to talk about misogyny? I mean, here are all these feminists on campus who have to imagine and manufacture rape hoaxes while these ISIS monsters are, you know, killing women for standing up for themselves, where in Saudi Arabia they can't even drive. Um, where young girls are being subjected to the worst kind of mutilation in the name of honoring Allah. How do you square that circle with these feminists? You know, I had a couple of very interesting conversations since I've been down here in Washington. And I met a woman that works at a particular restaurant. And she says, you know, it's we have different events that we cater to. Some appeal to Democrats, some appeal to, to Republicans. She goes, the Republicans are always nicer. They're always more respectful, and they always tip better. Yeah. No, I swear. And then I, I pulled up to my hotel here, and the guy takes the bags out of the car. I didn't even get a chance to take the bag out of the car. I like to carry my own bags. He takes the bag out of the car, and so, you know, I, I threw him 20 bucks. I'm like, I, which I always do. You always take care of people. And the guy goes, you know, Mr. Hannity, I got to tell you, it's only the Republicans when they're in town. Do we make any money? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I thought we were the people that were evil. Yes. We're the people that don't care about people. I did all that those jobs this guy did. And it speaks volumes, doesn't it? Because they'll take money from the Saudis and all their principles about women's rights go right down the, you know, right out the window. Yes, that's right. Let alone energy independence, because isn't it all these these greenies are always lecturing about that. And then, of course, what did Obama do in his last days? Issue these executive orders to ban drilling. I mean, are you for energy independence or not? Michelle, those will be overturned within hours of Donald Trump becoming president. Executive orders, repealing executive orders are the only only executive orders I support. Let me ask you what you think is going to happen, because I think at some point the Republicans get weak. Yes. It'll be pretty early in the process. It's inevitable, isn't it? We've talked about this for 20, 25 years now, right? Except for Louis Gohmert and, and uh, Steve King and, and the good Steve guys. Steve King and, and the, the Freedom gals. Caucus and yes. Marsha Blackburn and a few others. It's all going to go downhill. Now, I think Trump still rolls them. Mm-hmm. I think he's not going to put up with their crap. Mm-hmm. What do you think happens? I hope you're right. I pray you're right. And uh, the thing is that you 
been right. <laughs> right? So I'm going to trust you on that. Michelle. But you can hold, you've got to hold these people's feet to the fire. That It, it, is, it is a job of, of eternal vigilance for grassroots conservatives to make sure that these people remember where they came from and why they're there. You know, for me, I'm going to do this in my opening monologue on TV tonight. For me, it's really simple for Donald Trump. Donald Trump made promises, even printed it out, promises to America. Go through the list, check it off, and when it's checked off, move on to the next item. I don't have any doubt he'll appoint an originalist. I do have doubts that Mitch McConnell will follow Harry Reid's example and go to a simple majority versus allowing them to filibuster and not reach cloture. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, Mitch McConnell's spine has always been of concern to those of us on the right. You know, so we asked him for an interview. They said, no, I'm shocked. We also, uh, by the way, I'm so glad Rick Perry, I'm looking at him uh, earlier today. He was, uh, he's going to be a part of the administration. He's such a good guy. Yeah, he is a good guy. And look what the New York Times tried to do with him with their fake news. That's what they do. You know, this, this, They've got their narratives. They're going to cling to them for the next four years or eight years, hopefully, right. for us. Um, and and that's been very heartening to see these these picks of people who are um, who are trustworthy for the right um, and uh, who have their brains and their hearts in the right place. Any particular people that you like more than others? Anybody you don't like so far that he yes. picked? Jeff Sessions, obviously my favorite. Oh, that's my favorite too. Yes, one of the the greatest patriots in D.C. Yeah. I'm not a fan of Betsy DeVos. Uh, I was not impressed with her in the. Uh, nomination because hearings. she once supported Common Core. Well, and you know w- she put her money in the wrong place. Now her mouth is saying the right things, but I've had connections to grassroots moms in Michigan uh, back in 2009 when they had to fight people like Betsy DeVos, who was underwriting uh, Fed Ed. And um, I understand that that uh, you know she's given to a lot of of good causes, and certainly I have been a champion of things like school choice and charter schools. But I know that you've got a lot of moms out there who understand that choice means nothing uh, as long as you have this massive, um, almost, you know, trillion dollar uh, education department that is ensconced in every aspect of our students' lives. It's not just the textbooks and the tests, but it's also the technology and it's the data mining, which we're doing a show on for Michelle Malkin Investigates. And it's both grassroots conservatives. And yes, there are liberal uh, parents out there with their heads on straight about uh, this entire federal education boondoggle. What do you make all the snowflakes? What do you make? of the 65 or so Democrats not going to the inauguration. Well, that that just shows their true colors, doesn't it? Um, you know, one more temper tantrum uh, from these people who are going to be the obstinate opposition for the next four years. Is that what you're calling them? The, the obstinate, obstinate ob- opposition. Well, I think it's going to get louder. Look, I think this is what it is. I, maybe I'm, I've been around too long and I just know the process a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think they chip away at the legitimacy like they did of George W. Bush. They start there. Yes. And then they look for every opportunity to fight and they try to wear the country out with their narrative that you know Trump is evil Trump isn't doesn't have the temperament Trump 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 and it's a never-ending campaign and they oppose everything and every everything Donald Trump's gonna do it's gonna be tax cuts for the rich when we lower the corporate tax rate so they can invest and create jobs for the 93 million Americans out of work if he wants energy independence it's gonna be he's gonna poison the air and water if he builds the wall he's xenophobic racist and uh, Islamophobic yes if he vets people it's Islamophobia you know if grandma's going to die when we repeal Obamacare. <laughs> right, right. All of that. And none of it worked uh, to prevent him to get into the White House. So he's armed and locked and loaded and ready to go, um, which is what what made him uh, the victor in all of this, because it's 
establishment Republicans weren't willing to fight them on their own battlefield. All right, our friend Michelle Malkin, we're in Washington, D.C., and believe it or not, we are now, well, less than 18 hours away from having a new president, the 45th president of the United States of America. We'll have more time with Michelle when we get back. Then we'll hit the phones, toll-free, our telephone numbers, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Making America first, safe, and great again. This is the Sean Hannity Show. All right, as we continue from Washington, D.C., it is the Sean Hannity Show. About 18 and a half hours left, and the long, horrific Obama nightmare comes to an end. Donald J. Trump will be sworn in as the 45th president of the United States. Michelle Malkin is with us. A brand new TV series is CRTV.com. Michelle Malkin investigates, which has become a big hit. Um, I kind of like the idea of the way you do TV, which is you put like 10 shows up at once. Yeah, that's right. And people watch it whenever they want. Binge watching and we're uh, dipping our foot into live streaming as well. So Dan Bongino, our friend Dan Bongino. I love Dan. He's great. We'll be doing a a live stream on CRTV.com for uh, inauguration day. So we're going to have a lot of fun. So where are you going to be doing it from? Um, From CR's, yeah, CR office. Yeah, Yeah. that's so exciting. Yeah. So what else are you, where are you living now? Because you were in Colorado for a long time still there right. i haven't given up on it i mean in a lot of ways it's just swung from red to purple to blue and uh i don't know if i could do anything about that myself what do you think of the marijuana <laughs> laws out there well i have well that's a whole nother show i have rather nuanced views about it so do i by uh, the way i yeah you know for example i i've read a lot about how the different oils that they take out of cannabis yes. can be used to help kids in particular that have seizures yes that's right and in fact many mainstream neurologists uh, there in Colorado, even at Children's Hospital, these you know mainstream people have recommended it. It's worked for kids who have Crohn's disease, and we're taught with the oil. There's no THC content, right. so it's not like they're you know puffing they're up, getting stoned, right? Yeah, right. And I and I think there's more acceptance in the medical establishment of the, the of some of the medical benefits. Of you know, it. I I think for the longest time in my life, I I was like I I think it's a gateway drug. Mm-hmm. I really do. I but I, drinking can be a gateway drug for people. Well, sure. And but and the scary thing. Is, is when these kids then go from that, you know, then they take their Oxycontin or Percocet or Vicodin in their mom and dad's cabinet, then they get addicted, then they can't afford 80 bucks a pill, and the next thing we know, they're being targeted by drug cartels for $10 bags of heroin, and once they take it once, they're done. Yeah, there's definitely a slippery slope. Um, of course, on the other end of the spectrum, and I've had familiarity with this myself, my mother-in-law was dying of uh, stage four melanoma, and uh, it was a lot better for her to do, you know, medical marijuana than it was with some of these, you know, stultifying. Uh, really strong narcotics and opiates. So, like I said, nuanced view. No, I agree. <laughs> and, you know, I think, look, I'm also of the view of this. This may sound uh, a little interesting to you. Mm-hmm. If I'm dying of cancer, you know, did you watch the movie Dallas Buyers Club? No. you got to watch this movie. It's really interesting. It's got a good political point. So if I'm dying, in this particular case, Matthew McConaughey was dying of AIDS. Right. And he, they wanted a, him to be a part of an experiment. And maybe he'd get the AZT at the time, or maybe he wouldn't. Anyway, he ends up in Mexico, and he finds a cure because they were drugs that weren't approved by the FDA and he yes. starts bringing them back and all these people start getting better. If I'm dying from anything and I want to put something in my body because yes. I think it's going to make me better, yes. I don't need I don't need mama and papa, you know, government <laughs> here telling state. me. Right, exactly. I don't need them to tell me. I don't care. If you're dying and you want to try something, go, yes. try. Yes, and here is the overarching theme with regard to healthcare and, and these kinds no. of choices. Patient autonomy and more freedom, not less, is always the better answer with regard to these things. You know, 
Do you know when I started calling you my little sister? I have no, no. idea. How did we get into that? I don't know. I don't know. We're, it's just. But we're fam. Come on. We're, we're like family, and uh, I'm just. I've always been a big fan of yours. Oh, Your writing. Right back at you. And we missed you for a long time. Yeah. Our prayers were with your daughter. Still with your daughter. Thank She's doing you. so much better. CRTV.com. Michelle Malkin investigates. Quick break. Right back from Washington. start again with just my children and my wife thank my lucky stars to be living here today cause the flag still stands for freedom and they can't take that away and I'm proud to be an American where at least I know All right, Sean Hannity Show, and we're heading out to 17 hours soon at the end of this hour before Donald Trump gets sworn in as the 45th president. We're in Washington, D.C. All right, so I was asked by Billboard magazine. It said, for the week leading up to the inauguration of President-elect Donald Trump, Billboard asked, the host and anchors of some of cable news's most watched shows to put together inauguration playlists, their personal soundtracks for the January 20th ceremony and the next four years. Today, the playlist comes courtesy of country music fan Sean Hannity, the host of Hannity, which airs weeknights from 10 to 11. Now, the fifth song I picked was the one you just heard, and that was Lee Greenwood. And I would explain why I picked every song. And I said, all right, Lee Greenwood, there are 95 million Americans out of the labor force, 43 million Americans on food stamps, and 50 million in poverty. It's time for an American renaissance, make America great again. Now, the first one that I chose, I wrote this. I picked Brooks and Dunn, I believe. I said past presidents and our founders all believed in putting God first. If you haven't ever heard this song, listen to this great singing by, singing by Ronnie Dunn. Old man Wrigley lived in that white house Down the street where I grew up Mama used to send me over with things We struck a friendship up We spent a few long summers out on his old porch swing Said he was in the war Went in the Navy Lost his wife Lost his baby Broke down and asked him one time How you keep from going crazy He said I see my wife and son What he meant. He looked at me and smiled, said I raise my hands, bow my head. 
words written in red They tell me that there's more to life Than just what I can see Brooks and Dunn, I believe, and so I said every every past president, all our founders believed in putting God first, so I chose that first. Then I chose Rascal Flats, God Bless the Broken Road, and the reason I picked that is so many people never thought Donald Trump would be elected, that this would happen, and President-elect Trump, he, he paved his own path. It's a broken road, if you will. It's not the usual path, and... Every other candidate was like his northern star that led him straight to the White House. Here's Rascal Flats. I set out on a narrow way many years ago, hoping I would find true love along the broken road. But I got lost a time or two. Wiped my brow and kept pushing through I couldn't see how every sign Pointed straight to you That every long lost dream Led me to where you are Others who broke my heart They were like northern stars That God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. So my third song, I chose Kenny Chesney, There Goes My Life. If you've never seen the video, it's a great video. It's about a high school kid gets his high school girlfriend pregnant, and he's like, oh, there goes my life. And what I said to Billboard was, I said, well, President-elect Trump may not know it yet. Life as he knows it will be forever changed. And in the end, it will be the greatest experience of his life because at the end of that song, the greatest experience in life for that high school kid who thought his life was over was that baby girl that came out of that relationship. Gotten my whole life ahead Hell, I'm just a kid myself How am I gonna raise one? All he could see were his dreams Going up in smoke So much for ditch in this town Hanging out on the coast Oh, well Those plans are long gone And he said There goes my life There goes my future My everything Might as well Kiss it all 
There goes my life. Now, if you can jump ahead to the last lyric chorus, uh, well, Jason, if you can do that, because at the end of it, so he has this baby, then he talks about the baby, and then, then we get to this part when she's leaving home to go to college. So you think your life is over, but then turns out to be the greatest thing in your life. Hit it. American Express He checked the old Slammer hood Said you're good to go She hugged them both And headed off To the West Coast And he cried There goes my life There goes my future, my everything. I love you, baby, goodbye. It's a great song by Kenny Chesney, There Goes My Life. So the, well, we already played the fifth song. The, the fourth song that I chose is by Michael W. Smith. We've done our own version of this, and it's called There She Stands. And I wrote to Billboard about the new president, the inauguration, a reminder that America has many enemies that want to destroy us. And the first job of any president is the role of commander in chief and keeping America strong. Michael W. This just into our newsroom, a plane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Another another Apparently that was another plane. Seems to. An airplane has crashed into the World Trade Center. Lost. There appears to be a gaping hole. Away. Oh, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes, there it goes. But I know the whole side has collapsed. The whole building has collapsed. Now it too has had a major explosion and a complete collapse. By the light. She stands. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center. She we're not going to be cowered by it, that we're not afraid. Faithful friend. The freedom-loving nations of the world stand by our side. Stars. Proud to have the red, white, and blue. West, what we this country will not relent. To be a part of this country. I think about the families, the children. Freedom itself was attacked, and freedom will be defended. I can hear Resolve of our great nation is being tested. She stands. I pledge 
forget the 2,800 people. Police and fire, not only were heroes at the beginning, but they're still heroes. We're going to come out of this emotionally stronger. And the commitment. I got to stop it right there, but we'll put them all on Hannity.com. And I thought it was a pretty cool thing that Billboard magazine asked me to do. And it's just a little over 17 hours and we will have a new president of the United States. And that danger always exists. Well, that's why I picked Michael W. Smith. That's our version. We'll put that up on our website. A link to all of those songs on Hannity.com. America's top defender of freedom, liberty, and American values. This is The Hannity Show. All right, back to our busy uh, telephones here as we say hi to Leslie in Laguna Beach out in California, the left coast. What's going on, Leslie? Welcome to our nation's capital. Thank you. I wanted to tell you tomorrow at the ball, wear a Texas tuxedo. What's a Texas tuxedo? What's the difference? Cowboy tuxedo, where you, you know, wear I'm... the tuxedo jacket, your jeans, your boots, your hat, white shirt, and, oh, I forgot the name of those little black ties, cowboy ties. It's called a what, Linda? You can put your mic on. A what Oh, A bolo, a bolo. A bolo. I don't... Yeah, yeah. As you can tell, I'm a real fashionista here, can't you? Um, I, I, you know, I don't know why I just hate wearing that stupid outfit, but I've been ordered that I have to wear it and I didn't bring my boots with me. So I don't have it unless I go shopping and shopping's about as bad as wearing black ties. So I'm not going shopping either. You call but, whoever you know that ask Linda. Oh, you know, people make fun. You know, people say I wear a uniform every day because I wear jeans. I wear a golf shirt and like a Nike sh- and a Nike golf shirt. That's it. All right. Jay is next in Youngstown, Ohio. Thank you, Leslie, for your help. Jay, how are you? Good. I got the answer for your wardrobe, sir. Oh, man, this is going viral. Go ahead. Oh, this is an easy one. Wear your jeans, wear a pair of boots, get you a nice white polo shirt, but you got to have some lettering put on it. The lettering, the lettering on the way. put on uh-huh. it says, health care reform, it cost me the tuxedo off my back. <laughs> yeah, Obamacare cost me that, too. And the de- well, deficit you know cost I mean me that. there, Chief. Yeah. It was pretty amazing seeing Donald Trump get off that, uh, air. well, what will soon be Air Force One today, wasn't it? Pretty amazing. All right, Jay, I don't have a choice unless I want to get risk getting fired. Well, what's Fox going to do? They're going to fire me because I wouldn't wear a tuxedo. They're not going to fire me over that. There's plenty of other reasons to fire me, but they're not going to fire me over that. Um, anyway, listen, it is going to be an incredible day tomorrow. And we're 17 hours, just a little over 17 hours away. You all made this happen, but I want to give you one admonition as, as you watch this day unfold tomorrow. We have only qualified to govern. Now the hard work of governance, vetting refugees, originalist justices, balancing budgets, lower taxes, incentivizing corporations, repealing, replacing Obamacare, energy independence, building a wall, education, and a strong foreign policy and a kick-ass military. That is my prayer for tomorrow and my opening monologue on TV tonight. 17 hours away the long nightmare that is Obama's over. We'll see you tonight at 10 back here tomorrow.
Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash So I I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988 Available 24-7. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink, under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, GoldCo. Right now, GoldCo is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com.